packed. Yeah, that's not just shocking. All these beach places. All right, well, we'll dive right into it here. August 17th, another show. We're live. And last week, the market really seemed like it was just treading water, trying to either get past these new highs or get rejected and come back down. It was kind of a dull week from my perspective. I don't know what you guys thought. The thing that caught my radar, and I know we were texting a little about it this weekend, was Buffett buying gold, which is something that he's always been super well, against. Keep in mind, no. He didn't buy gold. He bought a gold stock. That, that was something I just read this morning that they yeah. made sure to clarify. A gold Fair mining. D-O-L-D is what yeah. he yeah. Right. So yeah. that changed things a bit. I think and the also, more surprising story was that he sold almost all his banks. Yeah, but George Soros just loaded into banks. So when, well, what that's that why, happen? you know, the, the big story to me is, or the big question is, is Warren Buffett actually making these moves or his portfolio managers? And if, I'm pretty sure it's just his portfolio managers. And uh, why are we giving these guys such... Uh, a pedestal because it took Warren Buffett's 50 years to get to that pedestal or 40 years. I know they follow his philosophy, but uh, for the market to react uh, to these stocks like it did 20 years ago seems a little over the top. So you are kind of looking at this as a complete non-issue from your point of view. And I think- Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you have I mean, making it too, like Soros dumping a lot of money into those stocks all of a sudden last week, you know, it kind of makes you just think it can't be that big of a deal or one of those guys is way off. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think all the stories on why banks are not doing well are out there. And I don't think Warren Buffett is seeing things that others aren't. So... Yeah, it's Just interesting. It's exciting because it seems like everyone's got such a different perspective right now on where things are going to go from here in a way that, you know, like that, you always say that's what makes a market. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So what are you turmoil. I mean, we got Walmart and NVIDIA earnings this week. I think Walmart's interesting. If you guys saw the news on same day delivery partnership test with, uh, Instacart, which is a direct, you know, obvious threat to Amazon Prime. So that's going to be interesting. I think Walmart's done a phenomenal job. I don't own the stock personally right now. I've been in and out of it, but that that should be interesting. I think they've set themselves up very nicely for the world we live in and where we're heading. And I, I think it's a great holding. At least I'm an Amazon holder. I'd like to get in Walmart as a balance. I think it's worth owning both. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to say. Dad, I got a question for you. If you had to give a prediction as to whether or not you think the next 10% in the market is up or down, what would you say? <laughs> Flip a coin. Uh, I would probably, if someone held a gun to my head, I would probably say down. Yeah, but I mean, it seems like I that's kind of paradigm. Right. I'm going to do a lot of selling this week, personally. My gut is telling me it's been a nice stretch here. I'm high in margin. I've made some good cash. I'm going to be getting ready for a pullback. 
I, I just think this whole USPS thing with Pelosi bringing the house back, China, there's a lot of just nasty stuff. Yeah, but you know, it's interesting, this USPS thing. Um, I was thinking about it. Maybe the whole reason that they made this uh, an issue is so Pelosi comes back and they dangle a better deal over her head, kind of bribe her a little bit so that they'll, okay, they'll go along with the post office if the Democrats don't go along with the state and local tax part of the deal that they were working on last couple of weeks. So who knows? There's yeah, she cares more about her own agenda than the American people. But yeah, but that's a backstory, I think. Until it's not. We'll see about that. <laughs> I mean, if you see the head general postmaster is a huge Trump donor and loyalist, so that's clearly a, a big part of this with that whole friction internally. Naturally, the left is not trusting that whole process. But yeah. we'll see. That That's going to be a thing, guys, with the voter fraud potential with mail-in voting, that's going to become more of an ongoing narrative here. We're less than three months from the election. That's going to really be interesting. Yeah, it yeah, will be interesting. One of the like chartists that I follow that is ultimately a bear and has just been, you know, looking at this as one of the most overvalued markets in history and whether or not that plays out to be true or not, who knows. But one of the things that he was saying in the last video he put up was that one of the things that he thinks could bring down the market around election time, because he was kind of charting out what could be the beginning of a big head and shoulders formation, where this is head. And he's like, if that's the case, then you would look at the end of the shoulder as right around election time, which is November. And he was predicting, and I, I just, I couldn't even wrap my head around this, that everything with the voter fraud would lead to Trump not actually willing to leave the House and, like, dragging the country down with him. And when I'm hearing that, I'm like, how, how would that even work? Like, if he lost the election, like, he's just going to get removed from office. It's not like he could, like... It's not that you know, easy. Is it not that easy? And that's kind of what I was wondering. Isn't it simple? It's like, very complicated. If he refuses to leave, that gets very dicey. Yeah. Has yeah, that ever happened? I, I don't know. I think he'll, uh, if it's clear, which is probably what it won't be, I don't think he'll have a problem leaving. Well, if it's clear, but that again, that's going to not be the case. <laughs> We're setting up for a very murky outcome here, unless it's not a close election, which it's looking like it's going to be. So that's where I'm kind of iffy with the market. Those unknowns, like, I don't know, Dad, if you could reflect back to the Bush-Gore situation in 2000, if there was any type of similarities with that unknown, with, you know, the popular and electoral votes. No, because that there was no sitting president there. So there was uh, an issue of who won, but neither one of them were president at the time. Yeah. So it's a different situation than this. The one thing I will say is, like, Mike, I know how you're saying that your gut tells you we're in for a sell-off and it's been nice and you're going to sell some positions this week. And, Dad, you said that if someone held a gun to your head, you would have to say that the next 10% is down. I'm seeing more and more people with that viewpoint, especially on Twitter, which is just where I kind of see a lot of what I think is the sentiment going on. 
And that's the one thing that gives me confidence right now. My gut kind of says the same thing. And that's where it's like, yeah, when is my gut in the market? Normally what my gut tells me is the complete opposite of what actually happens. And that's where part of me thinks that we're in for maybe some sort of blow off top. Maybe right now there's a lot of bears that are coming in and trying to short the market. And if they're wrong, then you get like this big short squeeze at the top, which just sends it way higher before then you get some sort of correction. I don't know. All I know. Oh, let is- me make it clear, Dan. I'm not shorting anything. I'm not a bear in any means. I'm just. Oh, yeah. I've been so aggressive bull that I need to set myself up for some sort of retraction. I, I'm very bullish in the market overall, and, and I'll continue to be. I've just been ultra aggressive as of late. Yeah. No, I know, and I'm not necessarily talking about you specifically, but just like people who trade market, or if they're not long, they're short. You're seeing a lot of people that are starting to, you know, switch over and be short this market. And it seems like there's a growing list of people that are being short this market. And then, you know, you have people that uh, I know, like we talk about sometimes Mike Santoli, who's always on TV kind of going over, you know, the bull to call option spread just to kind of get a handle for how complacent people are in the market. And that's obviously starting to increase a lot. But when I look at the chart, just due to the times we're in right now with how much liquidity is pumped into the system, it is high. And based on where it's at, it would normally be due for some sort of correction. But it's not like at the all-time highs. There's been times where it's been way higher. And to me, and again, this is anyone's guess, this feels like the type of atmosphere where it almost needs to be the highest it's ever been for a real correction to happen just due to all the money that's in the system now, all the retail investors that are investing hard in the system. It doesn't seem like a, oh, this is at that 70 range, so we're gonna see some sort of sell-off. It's like, oh, let me see if it gets to 95, which would be yeah. as high as it can get. That That's kind of my take on it, which is making me wanna kind of stand my ground here and keep some of the positions that I have, not trim anything. And again, I have stop losses set up where if the market wants to correct hard, whatever, I'll be stopped out. But I also want to be in if there is going to be some sort of blow off top, which hasn't happened yet at all. Yeah, you know, I think back to uh, when Nixon resigned, which was kind of the low point of um, what has happened with presidents. You know, just thinking back to what we were just saying that if that came about, it would be a very quick down and up. Um, if Trump refused to leave, if he did lose, so I, I don't think that would be anything long term. Oh, how could it be? They would I mean, figure that out real quick. So that to me would be a buying opportunity on any big fall due to that. I, I, I actually don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be it's starting to look like the Don is sticking around from what this yeah. rate is turning into. But we shall say. But you might get start. a sell off leading into the election because of the fear of that happening. I mean, I could see. That. Well, yeah, that's normal. Like we've talked about leading into an election, there's going to be volatility probably in September and October just off of that's how it is. Yeah, the when if there's a lot of volatility, it means the options are going to be worth uh, more and that'll lead to more opportunity. 
So, Dad, what are you looking at today? Are you still with some of the same names, like Ford, for example? Do you still yeah, think that's... I'm still comfortable with Ford. I hate using that word, but, you know, I think it's okay. Um, Mosaic, which what we mentioned. Um, I, bought, I bought and sold that on uh, Friday, and that, that worked out well. I think this stock is okay. Um, nice. You know, it's just a matter of trading around positions and not getting in too big. I think that's what you got to do here because um, there's so many, like we were talking about, there's so many cross currents. What do you guys think? I sold off barrel just a little of my Apple and NVIDIA last week. I was looking at the RSI year chart and it just seemed to the point of not that yeah. it can go up more. I was no, just, it can go up more because of the split, you know, the psychology around that. So you no, I mean, yeah, I just looked at it like I'm long a good amount of I was long 175 shares of Apple now still yeah. 50. Oh, right. I sold options against my position and the options are actually um, higher. So that shows you that it's it's a hard stock to sell because it just keeps going up. But I don't mind, you know, taking a little bit off. No, but what I was getting at there, when at what point does, is that irrelevant? The RSI on a year chart when it's over 80 and a stock keeps going up, at what point has that fizzled out where it's time for some sort of pullback? Well, it's not going to fizzle out if the stock mm -hmm. keeps going up. It's going to stay above 80. I think your right. question is how long could a stock stay above 80? And history shows... You know, at some point, if it's above 80, it will come down. But, I mean, man, you could have that go from 80 to 74 and right back up to 80 and just stay in these insanely yeah. aggressive ranges for a while. I was almost thinking about it yesterday because I saw, I think, obviously Kramer has been big trying to get companies that have their stocks at least like $200 per share to get in the mentality of doing a stock split. So I'm just like trying to sit here and think about where are we going to be in a year, two years, three years? How are we going to look back at this time period? And obviously, if anyone knew that, they'd be retired. So it's impossible to really know. But part of me is like, okay, the whole concept of stocks, like starting to do this whole stock split thing, and it's just the way beginning of that. Maybe that marks the beginning of some epic new rally that, you know, when we look back and we look at like, okay, what really caused this next leg? Maybe it's that. And that's where I'm like so hesitant right now to want to get into too much cash or get into shorts or anything like that. Because it, it, it kind of feels like even though the market just feels like it's so hot, it feels like there's something that we'll look back and be like, oh, that was the turning point that actually sent it way higher. And that's what you could then look back at and circle that moment is what caused stocks to get irrationally high. These I mean, I've told you for months, Dan, I think we're heading into the roaring 20s for a huge bull market. So that's not at all a surprise. That should be what's happening from here. Regardless of who's president, it's either going to be Trump or Kamala Harris. Either one is pro Wall Street. So we're in for a nice run. Biden, Trump not, or Kamala? Oh, Kamala. Uh, Kamala, whatever her name is, is oh, irrelevant. She's the VP, isn't she? No, she's the real like, future president. If Let's be real. That's how that is. I um, got a quick question just to, not to get off this topic, but I'm just kind of curious, Dad, when a stock does split and let's say you see, you know, Apple go 
I guess it's going to be like $50. No, even more higher than that. Let's just call it an $80 stock on the chart. What does that look like? Does it look like it just resets itself where if you look back to the day before it split, it's at 450 and then the next day it's down at 80. No, no the charts will adjust backwards. So uh, if it's split, this one's splitting four for one. So given, let's say it's around 500, it'll be 125. And when you look back the day before, it'll be like 127, you know, uh, or 120. You know, they'll readjust the charts going backwards. Gotcha. So you'll never see these days where Apple was in the 400 ranges. If you look at a chart once it has its spread. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, gotcha. it would be too complicated. Well, yeah. Look at any story too with that. Yeah. No, that's uh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy because when you look at all these indicators, Mike, you make a good point. There's a lot of things that suggest that all these stocks are overvalued, or at least like these big high flying tech stocks. It's just, you know, the other thing I was starting to think about this weekend is when you look at everything that happened for just the few months that everything was in complete lockdown mode, you could almost argue we had like a small version of like the biggest recession slash great depression of our lifetimes where everything was just on pause. So we lived through what's equivalent to basically a great depression without like the aftermath. So when you think about the stocks that were able to thrive and I don't mean the stocks that value went up, but the actual stocks that reported great earnings, maybe they're starting to get looked at in such a different way where not only now are they these tech growth stocks, which is how they were always viewed, but maybe there's like a whole camp of people that are looking at these as like the biggest value plays of all time. And these are actually the safe havens now. And what used to be, you know, drug stocks or stocks like Costco that people would flood into when they thought there was going to be a recession. Maybe now it's stocks like Square and PayPal because they showed that during a pandemic that had the whole world on pause, these companies were able to thrive and get, not even thrive, but like grow in a massive way. So like, I wonder if people are like reassessing the entire way they look at the technology sector as no longer this high risk, high growth type thing, but instead, you know, it could withstand anything if it withstand a, a pandemic and even grew through there. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I think you're dead on. When, when you look at PayPal and Square, for example, I think we've known we've been heading towards a paperless society for a long time. And the whole germ factor with the virus, we've seen that with the QR codes with menus. Square is a, a, a huge winner in that. We've seen it in the restaurant industry, how many restaurants are kind of forced into using Square. PayPal has so many umbrellas with merchants at this point and it's so many users that... Though, of course, those companies are major winners for the years ahead. They were already on the road to victory, and this just put them more at the forefront. I and, don't. And the answer is you will pay higher PE ratios to these type of companies, and um, they could justify the high PE ratios for the market because interest rates are so low. And, uh, you know, you can't go back historically and find a time when it's been this low, maybe, you know, around World War Two after that. But I think, yeah, another thing you have to keep in mind, like, Dan, you brought up a great point a few weeks ago with how low rates are, you're going to see a lot of new small businesses opening. And that naturally works in a huge advantage for us where in PayPal, the way they've set themselves up to help businesses. 
So I, I think their user activation tools are unbelievable. They're going to be piling in way more users from businesses, you know, that are going out, new ones coming in. Those are the benefactors from that. Yeah, and I just, you know, use those two companies as examples, but you could almost plug any company into there that has been one of these high-flying tech companies in the last, you know, six months. Because from my vantage point, what's going to happen is no matter how rough things get, we're at a point in the world where we're going to have more and more social programs, more and more government handouts. Yep. And therefore, any type of real disaster is going to be somewhat compensated by people being given money to spend as they please. And then you look at what companies benefit from that. And I, I don't know. I think there's got to be a bunch of people out there that are just reevaluating the world in general and where we're going and what the government's willing to do in case things get bad. And that's maybe why these tech stocks just will not slow down at all. And, and that's a good segue into Bernie Sanders giving his speech tonight at the Democratic National Convention. And he is a perfect example of the giveaways. And he'll talk about it tonight. Yeah. Quite the, How he envisions America. One big giveaway. The multimillionaire. Yeah, he's something. But there's no doubt, though, like what he is envisioning seems like I don't want to say we're heading to that completely. But we are, and you know, I've been big on UBI yeah. for a long time before the pandemic. Yeah. That's where we're heading. It's a, it's a matter of time. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you a good sign, in my opinion, is seeing, and obviously the market. Who knows what actually happens once it opens? But DraftKings seems like it's looking nice pre-market. And I know last week Friday they had the earnings, and to me they had good earnings considering that you know there was basically a month of sports and they still beat their report. So I'm wondering, like, does that stock immediately get back into growth mode? Because, you know, for months it wasn't. Then it had starting, which was a sell-off. But when you think about it, it was still closed basically right where it was the day before. So is DraftKings back? And is it a popular I, I think, again, that's connected to the hip of these virus counts with the athletes in these bubbles. Or, and it seems like they've been contained well when, when it comes to the bubbles with testing and, you know, things staying under control. We had that scare with the Marlins in baseball. They weren't following protocol. And it's, you know, that's really what this comes down to. I think DraftKings is a great grand slam when this thing is contained. So that that's the ongoing drag that makes that potentially a laggard until there's more clarity. But that's why it's acting well. There hasn't been any worry over the weekend in that and regard. Football is a month away now. So people are going to start thinking about that. But yeah, guys, Dan, I want to bring back, you were bringing up all these handouts, the government, things like that with PayPal and Square. It immediately makes me think of CVS. I was in there last night and I saw they're starting to promote at checkout their Care Pass, which came out last year, which is their monthly membership or annual membership, either one, where you're able to get percentages off, like 20% off store branded things free delivery on RX products. The writing's on the wall with where they're heading, with how they acquired Aetna. I think when we think of government programs of the future, CBS with how many hubs they have, and whether they get acquired by a Walmart down the road or an Amazon, who knows? But they, to me, is that's a stock I'm looking at. I know Kramer has it on his value picks with where they're trading right now as well. 
I think that that's something I'm in there so often just getting convenience items. So that's what I love about that stock. You've got convenience store, 7-Eleven stuff, drinks, food, snacks. Then you have the healthcare aspect. And when you combine that with a membership, it seems like they're heading in a direction that makes a lot of sense for where the world is right now. So I think that could be a good one to have up and check out. CVS is obviously bigger. It's odd that this stock hasn't just been storing these other stocks. I know. That's why I think it's time. It could be a time to jump on this and be a little patient. But I I think it's just kind of not flown under the radar by any means. What about what is the story with Walgreens? It's similar. They're they're basically a you know a Hertz Avis type of situation. They're well, doing look at Walgreens chart. It hasn't really done anything. It's that's what I'm getting at though, guys. Those companies are primed to be in the years ahead winners. Any way you spin it, I don't see how those are not stocks to own with where we're going in the world. I don't own either right now, but I need to get on CVS soon. I'm gonna figure out a way to. Yeah, it's interesting because I used to always like look at stocks and if they were trending down, 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 I'd be like, oh man, this is a great buying opportunity. And I think that is ultimately long term still a good way to look at it. But lately, it just seems like the stocks that are trending are the stocks that keep trending. And until there's some sort of sign that those stocks are turning around, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm sure at some point they will. But I guess the question is, would you rather wait for that sign and miss out on the first few points and like get some sort of confirmation that those stocks are entering some sort of upward trend than try and catch these stocks that seem like they've just been stocks that no one wants to give the time of day? Well, to. you know, what you're, what you're talking about, Dan, is basically for day trading. But yeah, I'm more talking about anchor stock. If you're looking at long term, you know, this may be a type of stock you want in your portfolio, right? I just think CVS with healthcare makes so much sense with what they're forming into. It's obvious where we're heading with on-demand checkups and being able to get blood work done at a CVS. The writing is on the wall. Like, I mean, what about Rite Aid or Walgreens? You know? Yeah, I I think those are all interesting to look at. But I think that CVS deal and where they're set up with their locations make them extremely sexy. Like I don't see a Walgreens down the street in the heart of Manhattan. I see a CVS everywhere. Yeah, but Walgreens is all over the country. May yeah, not just be all over the You see uh, Dad Kramer right now on CNBC talking about Sorrentos. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, that stock has been getting so much hype lately. SRNE. Uh, what were, were you talking about it when it was like? four dollars and change yeah there was one day where it went from uh you know which nowadays doesn't seem like much but it went up from about two dollars to ten dollars in one day and then it spent the next uh four months trying to get back to that level and it did and yeah now now it ran up to 19 and it's back down to 10 and change so who knows? I look at that CEO every time he's on, he cures something else. To me, he's <laughs> the, he's the ultimate snake oil salesman. And you know, to that one day, the stock flies, and then it spends the next month giving it back. So time to short this thing until he's on again with another cure. 
Get us on CNBC. Bitcoin at 11,887. That'll be interesting to see. Just to watch Dad, that. Have you that yet? No. Well, uh, let's let's do stocks of the week here. Stocks of the day. Mike, what, starting with you. I'm going to be looking at Walmart. I, I know their earnings are coming up. I, I find it hard to believe they didn't have a blowout quarter. And uh, I've been in and out of this stock. But I, I have a lot of things to think about here. I'm very long the market right now. I'm in a lot. I think I own more than I've ever owned. I'm heavy into margin. So I, I've got a lot to think about here. I don't have a necessary stock of the day, but Walmart and CVS, I'm looking at it. And I'm interested to see these NVIDIA earnings. Their CEO is a savant and it seems like <laughs> they always just blow everything out of the water. So I know I, I sold five shares the other day. I might buy a lot more NVIDIA. I'm going to do a little homework on what's going on there to see what they're doing, but they just seem to always go up. <laughs> they, they, the guy is an artist. He's like a Leonardo da Vinci meets I Elon Musk. Say, I've, I've, owned, I've owned NVIDIA NVIDIA for years and they do usually tend to sell off on earnings. It, it seems to be what always happens. I'm not saying I mean, that that's what's going they Just up and up at some point they got to sell off. That's yeah. what I was last week. Yeah, last it's like time. taking a deep breath and uh, you never, Excel, you know? Yeah, I'm going to stick with Dave and Buster's stock tickers play. I know I was talking about them last yeah, week. We love that company. Well, I just think every time they touch 15 and bounce right off of it, I get more and more confident. And last week, Friday, they closed above the VWAP line. I, I am confident. I think it, it's a stock that's gotten beat to shit. And I think they'll survive the pandemic. And I think they're going to inch higher, and they are inching higher. Their stock continues to trend up. I've been talking about them since they were at 12 bucks, and now they're at 15.36. So, so you're you own a lot of that? I own a decent amount of it. I've been trading it a little bit, and you know, when it goes to 15, I've been buying and I've been selling around the 15.50 range. But ultimately, I think it breaks out and gets above 17. And yeah, I mean, it's one of my one of my bigger swing trade positions at the moment. Keeping a guy on. Same with Las Vegas Sands. Dad, what are you looking at? You know, I've been looking at APT. I don't know if it's time yet, but it's getting close to a level where I think you got to start thinking about trading um, it again. Well, I had my mind. Yeah, no, you're right. I could see that stock absolutely popping hard. Any yeah, day. I don't know. If it's low enough, it feels to me like it has bottom, but you really have to keep an eye on it to pick your spots because it's dangerous. That's the mask play that I got burned hard on, thinking their earnings were the day before. I, I don't know if I uh, have the, the confidence to get back in that name after the disaster it gave me, but I, I agree. I think it's the yeah, six Masks are not going away, and, uh, you know, that's something to think about. That stock has given up about eight points from the high. And uh, yeah, I like where that's at. I'm also keeping a close eye on Goldman Sachs. Of all the names that you know Buffett got out of, that one he's completely out of, which means that he's not selling any more of it. And that stock has been on a weird downward trend since the earnings, which were phenomenal. 
So I'm not giving up on Goldman. I think if it goes positive, it's got room, especially now that that selling is done with. The other banks, he's not completely out of. So we don't know if he's selling more or he's done with what he's doing. The whole thing was confusing because I thought he literally just bought Bank of America and then like- No, Bank of America, he's still adding to. But he's selling Bank of America. Okay, And yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say before we hop on here, hop off here, the other stock that we've talked about a ton on here that is starting to act well silently, but it's acting well is Twitter. There, there was a day last week where tech was down and Twitter was up and it's had a few up days in a row. It looks like it's kind of trying to nest above that 38 level. And it wouldn't shock me if we see that stock at the beginning of some sort of epic bull run. I mean, I'd love to see it. I own it. Love to finally <laughs> not lose money on Twitter. So, all right. Talk to you guys. Let's crush it.